The Boston Red Sox have found their man in Craig Breslow, but what happens now? Join me on today's episode of Locked On Red Sox, where I talk with a very familiar face about what the Red Sox should do from here. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here with you Monday through Friday to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox for free to your favorite podcast platform. I mean, it's free, so you might as well tune in and continue to make the show your first listen of Every day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this is the show where your emotions are the same as mine, and those emotions are felt on the show, whether they are good emotions or not so great emotions. I am here still bringing you that content. And the Red Sox during the 2023 season certainly filled me with many different types of emotions, and those emotions would change on a day to day basis. So you are here in the right spot um, if you want a show that feels the same emotions as you. And I am so pleased to announce that I have a very familiar face with me on the show. For those of you who have listened to Lockdown Red Sox for a long time and stuck with us over the years, I have former Lockdown Red Sox host Lauren Campbell with me today. Lauren, how have you been doing? I've been doing great, Gabby. I know we were talking before we started recording how it's like a full circle moment because you've been on when I was the host and now I'm on when you're the host. And we've collabed so much over the last few years and I'm excited to to come back and see some see some familiar faces, but, you know, uh, get back on the familiar airwaves. Yeah, right. It's so great to have you. And I know you've always been somebody that I've looked up to in the industry because you've Thank really, you. you know, done a lot of great work within Boston sports and really kind of made a name for yourself in the Boston sports scene. So definitely, um, you know, love to watch you and your content and just let us know a little bit about what you've been up to since hosting the show. Yeah, thank you for your kind words. That's so sweet. But I've been uh, working at Mass Live for the last uh, five or six months now. I basically went on a two week vacation in April with my husband. And I came back and we, um, I say we, my former co host Jake, we each got new jobs that weren't going to allow us to. Uh, properly give lockdown red sox the time and attention so we we left on the same day which was very like not planned at all but i've been at mass live now and i've just been kind of doing what i've been doing for the last eight years just reporting on stuff that's happening in boston what's happening nationally in the sports world i've done a couple of feature stories this month so i'm really excited about about those and i've been you know, keeping track of the red sox like i did like i've done my whole life so it's was a very tough end to the season. And I say that in, in terms of it was you know tough to watch at times this year. And it was, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions still to be answered for 2024, but I'm always going to be looking forward to it. I know this is a team I grew up watching and now I grew up or grew up watching and loving, and now I report on them. So, um, and I'm still, you know, putting out content 
pretty much like every day it feels like I mean that's the life of a content creator and reporter but it's been a lot of fun I certainly miss hosting this every day but you've been crushing it and I know the show has been in good hands with you thank you I definitely appreciate that yeah it's it's such an honor to host and interact with all different kinds of people and just share my thoughts and hear other people's thoughts too. It's just been a great experience. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing well and you're still very much covering the Red Sox and following the Red Sox because there has been some news recently um, among Red Sox Nation. Yay news because it's been a little bit slow and we're having to watch these other teams make deep playoff runs. And the Red Sox were unfortunately just not one of those teams. So I've been sitting watching the postseason and waiting for the Red Sox to deliver something exciting to me. And now they have, um, they found their guy in Craig Breslow, who's going to take over baseball operations. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on him, you know, what positive attributes he might be able to bring to the job. I think the biggest thing is he's, I think he's going to be really good for the the pitching staff. And we still don't really know what that's going to look a whole lot like next year in terms of, you know, who's the starters, who's going into the bullpen. Are you going to stick with Kenley as your closer? But I think he's going to get the best out of whoever is on that pitching staff. And I think that, you know, a lot of the problems last year were pitching and it was whether it was injury, not being able to go deep into games, though we don't see starters go too, too deep anymore these days, but um, I think, you know, there's a lot of not pessimism, but like maybe a lot of caution surrounding him because of lack of experience and how many people said no to the Red Sox job and how many people declined interviews. It was it was kind of alarming because at one point it was like 10 people have said no in the span of like a week or eight, eight or nine days or something. And it was like, what is going on? Like what? Who doesn't want the, the front office Red Sox job? But I mean, you look at Dombrowski, he was fired about a year after he won the World Series. Chaim Bloom came in, did whatever he was told to do and ended up getting fired, which I think still, you know, that I think that was the right move for the Red Sox. But you have to think about, too, like you don't you haven't won since you haven't won the World Series since 2018, which is not a very long time at all. You haven't been to the playoffs since 2021, which, again, this it's not a very long drought, but you you think of just like there's there's definitely talent on this team there's you know free agency there's some money to be spent with the Red Sox and and in this offseason but for Breslow I think that he does come in in a not not I don't want to say it's not ideal because when you come in as somebody with the lack of experience that he has you were you would hope I guess in his shoes you can bring some people over that you're familiar with you can bring in your own manager you can bring in kind of your own staff he doesn't get to do that so I think there will be a time, you know, a, a, you know, acclimation, but I feel like Alex Cora is just a very personable person. He's easy to get along with. And, you know, Breslow is, he, I mean, he's familiar with the game, familiar with Boston, obviously. So I think that gives him a bit of an advantage. And like I said, I think he's going to do really great for the pitching. I don't know how he's going to do, you know, offensive wise and free agency, which is the biggest thing that's hanging over him right now, because, there's a lot of names out there. There's a lot of decisions to be made. He's kind of getting thrown into the fire. I mean, you've got to make a lot of decisions on your what your team's going to look like next year. And you have all these players that are either impending free agents next year. You have a lot of players saying, playing the same position. So it's a bit of a logjam in some positions. What do you do with the outfield? What do you do with your DH? So he's got he's got his work cut out for him. 
I'm certainly looking forward to what he can do. And I think he'll be a nice change of, of pace from high and bloom. I know that Red Sox fans did not like the patient approach because it didn't, it didn't work the last four years. So I understand I'm excited to see what he can do, but I think he's going to be the most beneficial when it comes to the pitchers. Yeah. I definitely want to see some aggressiveness here because with Heim Bloom, I found that he might've been a little too cautious and overthought some of the moves that he was making. And it really hurt the Red Sox because they would miss out on some of the bigger names that they could have ended up with. And um, ultimately to me, this past trade deadline, I feel is kind of what did him in from an ownership standpoint and his lack of making some moves. And it was definitely a little disappointing because at that point, the Red Sox were not far off of a wild card spot. And it was almost like, well, if you're going to stand pat at the trade deadline, what message is that really sending to the team? Um, And, you know, it sounded like from what I was hearing and kind of what I heard that it just wasn't taken well by the team. Um, And it can be discouraging to them. Like, do you not really believe in us to, um, you know, make a playoff run. I know there were specific players like Kenley Jansen, Justin Turner, expressing that they wanted the Red Sox to add pitching at the trade deadline, and they didn't. And then as a result, we saw a lot of the pitching staff get overworked towards the end of the season. Um, so I really hope that, like you said, Breslow can excel from a pitching standpoint because that is the biggest need for the Red Sox right now is improving that pitching staff and really getting two top end starters to add to that rotation. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think you nailed it when you said there was a lot of, you know, lack of decision-making and then it becomes what, where is the direction of this team? And that was the biggest question going into last season or this, this current season saying what, what direction is the team going to go? And at the trade deadline, they were still in the race. There was still kind of hope. And it was just like 2022. They give you a little bit of hope at the deadline. They don't do a whole lot at the deadline. And then they just kind of fall off. And it's like a slow fall. Like They just can't. They can't. They're not even close in games sometimes. And then other times they're like, we're going to win 10 to 1. Or it's like, we're going to be up 10 nothing and then lose 11 to 10. And it's like, this team is so infuriating sometimes. But I think that, that Breslow needs to come in. He needs to not be afraid to make decisions and not be afraid to be like, this is what this team needs. And this is what I'm going after. And this is what needs to be done to give, get, get fans back at Fenway park, put a better product on the field, especially if they're going to keep raising ticket prices, you need to put a, a better product on that ball field. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, players expressing disdain, I guess is a good word to say about the lack of moves at the deadline. It's like, it's like if the players are telling you what needs to be done, like listen to them they're the ones playing they're the ones who are seeing what desperately what this team needs and I would love to see them go out and get one or two starters as well I think that if you can if Brian Bayo can continue to, to build and look he looked really really good at times last year big question mark you know Chris Sale and his health and if he can not not necessarily return to even you know Chris Sale from 2018 but if he can just be a little bit of that if he can stay healthy and give you you know, five or six innings, I think that's a win, but I don't think he's a number one anymore. I think Brian Bayo has the potential to be there, but I think you bring in somebody who is a one and then maybe a really strong three or four. There's, I mean, there's a lot of options that you have, but they definitely need help in that starting pitching department. They, I don't know how many people they started last year and, or how just even how many players pitched or pitchers pitched last year. That was just, 
it was a lot. It was a merry-go-round and it was almost like nobody could be trusted because they were overworked and they were, or they were pitching on short rest. It was, it was a lot last year watching this pitching staff try to do its best and just kind of crumble. And same with the offense too. I mean, at times it's like, what are they doing swinging at the first pitch every single, every single time they have an opportunity to extend the inning or to score. And it's just, I just feel like toward the end of that season, the season that players not necessarily gave up, but they were just like, we're tired. There's no way we're getting back in this. We're not even fighting with, we're fighting with the Yankees for last place. Like what is there to fight for in 2023 anymore? Yeah, it was blatantly obvious to me that they were really just going through the motions at the end of the season, not playing with any heart. And we're just counting down the days to the offseason at that point. And unfortunately, injuries hurt this team in 2023. But because of those injuries, that's what made um, adding some pitching that much more important. So I'm hoping Breslow can switch the narrative for that and actually go out and invest in some top end talent from a pitching standpoint. Otherwise they're just going to get swallowed up again in what is a really competitive AL in general, but especially AL East, this division is just stacked. Um, So they need to get pitching that will allow them to contend within their own division again, but coming up, we're going to be discussing some of those expectations for 2024. How can the Red Sox really be competitive moving forward? So that's coming up next. This is a great time of year to get yourself into sports betting if you haven't really gotten involved in it yet or if you are involved in it and you want to continue to make a lot of money. FanDuel is the best sports betting app for that. One of the biggest things I like about it is my fiance is so into sports betting now and he's very new to it. But I see him on the app all the time, placing his bets for that day. And you can stay, you can really extend it across multiple sports and you can um, make a bet on the World Series that night or um, NBA, you know, who's going to win those games that night. Or you can say, um, you know, Luca's going to drop 20 plus points tonight or Jalen Brown is going to record 20 points and you can have that for multiple players or multiple games across different sports. So you can almost have a few different bets going on at once and you won't always necessarily hit on all of them, but you might hit on two of three, which is what happened to him the other night. And then you still are making that money on it. So FanDuel gives you a lot of options to win lots of money. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I love it. My fiance would say the same thing. He's won a lot of money on it. So you should totally look into it if you haven't yet. And what you should also be doing is downloading the SiriusXM app because that can get you the home broadcast of every Red Sox game. So you don't have to miss a single pitch. And honestly, it might have been better to miss some pitches in some games in 2023 because of just how stressed and frustrated 
We all were, but I'm hoping that frustration turns to excitement over what will hopefully be a much better 2024 season. So download the SiriusXM app and get in on all that action so you don't have to miss any games, even when you're not home and can't watch the game. So it's a great luxury to have. So do that today as well. Speaking of the 2024 season, Red Sox fans are hard to please and we are hoping for just some big splashes this offseason in a better 2024 season than we had in 2023. I am here with Lauren Campbell, former host of the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. And um, I would love to talk to you, Lauren, more about what are your expectations for 2024? Where do you think that this team should be at compared to what they showed in 2023? Uh, they certainly need to do a, a 180. They need to completely, we talked a little bit about it in the first segment, but go get some starting pitching. I think you kind of need to overhaul that that starting pitching staff. You really need a right-handed bat as well. And I don't know if we can say enough about the defense. That needs to be fixed. Like that needs to be, they should be working on that right now. They should be figuring out how to not make the mental errors, the small errors, and just like, the, the errors that should not be made at the major league level constantly. So of course, that's always going to happen. There's always going to be errors. That's like that was avoidable. There were so many last year. And, you know, I think that they really need to work with Raphael Devers, whether that it's a confidence thing with, with him right now, whether this is, you know, this is who he is at third base and at, as a defender. I think that he needs to really bounce back defensive or yeah, defensive wise for 2024 and they really need a, a clubhouse leader. And I think that's a priority. Justin Turner was great last year. And who knows if he's going to be brought back. That That's you know, that's another question mark they have to figure out. But they didn't really have, aside from him, they didn't really have a ton of leadership in that clubhouse. And yes, this you can look at this as Raphael Devers' team. That's He's not like a big vocal leader. I think he's a very emotional guy. We saw it. We see him. You know, go with those emotions. We see him with his his head in his hands. We see him sitting at third base, like what the heck is going on? So, but I think that you know, if he has somebody like, I think he really misses Xander Bogarts. I think he really misses JD Martinez, who we could kind of lean on to rally this team. And maybe people can make the argument that it should be Devers, and maybe it should be. You know, he's their big offseason signing last year. He's been around for a while, but you sometimes you look at the leadership core of teams, there's always going to be somebody who's the vocal leader, who's that rah-rah guy, who's going to get you amped up and get you motivated. And then there's going to be the guy who kind of leads by emotion, kind of leads quietly, but they really need somebody, you know, like that rah-rah guy that's going to hold you accountable. That's going to tell you like what we're doing on the field right now is not acceptable. And there's, they need somebody to just kind of have their backs when when they need it but also kind of give them a little shove when they need that too like we're better than this we're the Boston Red Sox and I mean it's easier for for us to sit here and say like that's what needs to be done and now it's just a matter of will the front office go out and execute that I mean that's a whole nother it's a whole nother episode (laughs) yeah right I mean that's that becomes the question is how do the Red Sox really get back to being one of the most well-respected teams and organizations in baseball. And obviously it's disheartening that there were people that were turning down that opportunity to come in and resume that role of taking over the baseball operations side of things because it's the Boston Red Sox. And it used to be 
just a dream organization for people to work for because of how reputable of an organization the Red Sox are. But there really just has been a lot of front office turnover over these years. And to see the way that they've treated past executives, people are probably looking at that and saying, well, I'm going to come in to that role and do what they want me to do for a few years. And then they're going to let me go. Why would I be excited to have that type of job? If I mean, for any job, it'd be like that. If I was looking at a position and there was a lot of turnover in that position and I'd be like, well, why is that? And what makes me feel like I'm going to be the one that sticks. So they need to, now that they have Breslow in there, hang on to him and give him a genuine opportunity to really build this organization back into what the Boston Red Sox are about. And I think there's some great talent in the farm system now. I think Bloom did a good job of identifying and acquiring some of that young talent that they can develop in their system. But now they have to be willing to start to part ways with some of those guys um, because that's going to be one of the things that's going to get them the players they need. I think they should focus their attention on free agency first and be willing to spend money on some of those players that could help um, fill some of those holes, especially from a pitching standpoint. But if they're going to look into the trade market, I feel that they can't be too afraid to part ways with some of those more talented prospects that are in their system, because I think the mentality over the last few years was to do what they can to retain those guys. So it didn't allow them to um, acquire some of those bigger name proven veteran players that can help put your team over the top. Yeah, they really need to be aggressive, both like you said, in free agency and with and on the trade market, if that's the direction they want to go. I think with that, they really, really need to decide where some of these prospects fit into their their system, onto their team. Are they the future? Do they really believe Marcelo Meyer is their shortstop of the future? If that's what they truly believe and they believe he will make this team better for years to come, absolutely keep him. But if you don't think that, if you think, oh, he's been injured a few times now, maybe this is just he's going to build up injuries over his career. He's not going to be sturdy. He's not going to be reliable. Okay. Then maybe get on the phone and see what he, someone like him could acquire, but you have to be, you know, 100% confident in either direction. I, I think they end up keeping him. And then, but there's also, you know, you have Brian Mata, who's was supposed to be part of the Red Sox last year, but unfortunately due to injury that didn't happen. He's another one. Is he going to be a part of this team? Is he going to help this team? And is he going to make this team better? And there's several other prospects. I mean, there's Sedan Raffaella as well. I don't think they get rid of him. But, you know, you look like that's somebody who could probably make your team better, whether that's next year or at some point next year or in 2025. So the the aggressiveness needs to be there, whether that's the free agent market, the trade market. And they can't be afraid. They can't be afraid to part ways with with whether it's top prospects, even, you know, middle tier prospects and I think there are some prospects out there that are still, you don't know what you have yet because they're still developing. They're still young. But when somebody, you know, Marcelo Meyer, he's knocking on the the door of of MLB now. I think that he's getting, he's much closer than he was last year, but now it's going to become, what do you do with him? You don't just want to hold on to him to trade him when he doesn't have as much value as he does if, if, but that he might have now or when the season starts. But I really think free agency is where they're going to do hopefully a lot of work. And I think they can do a lot of damage in free agency. They just have to be aggressive, which they have not been the last few years. 
Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned Marcelo Meyer, who likely is going to be MLB ready soon. I mean, he's just killing it in the organization and he's just so fun to follow because he's going to be one of those players that I think every Red Sox fan is going to be so excited when he comes up. Um, so because of that, you know, knowing that he's just lurking and almost ready to come up to the majors, how do you think they handle the infield situation this offseason? Because there is a question mark at second base right now. And obviously Trevor Story is still there and is currently playing shortstop. Um, but knowing Meyer will likely come up at some point, probably in the next couple of years, um, with Story still being there, do you think that they just have somebody internally play second base right now and they kind of view it as a placeholder position and then they maybe move Story back to second base towards the end of his contract when Meyer comes up? Or do you think they go and they sign a second baseman this offseason? I would love to see them sign a second baseman because we saw the internal options last year and it was just whether it was injury, whether it just wasn't somebody who doesn't play second, somebody who's too, who hasn't had a lot of MLB time at second or MLB time period, we saw a revolving door there. And Christian Arroyo for, you know, he did have a lot of injuries and a lot of injury history, struggled to stay healthy, was never really an everyday player. And then they, you know, they, they get rid of him. And I was like that, he gave you the best shot at being a better second baseman than a lot of players have. I'm not saying bring Christian Arroyo back saying they shouldn't, shouldn't have done what they did to him last year, but I would love to see them get someone at second base. I mean, I would love to for Story to move to second because we saw how good he was there. And we saw that, you know, when Xander Bogarts was still here, we saw what he can do. And I think he's a fine shortstop, obviously. That's where he's played his whole career. And then that leaves, you know, that leaves a hole there. We know what happened when they didn't replace Bogarts and Story had to have a surgery. It was a mess. So they really need stability in the infield. I think, you know, I think Costas obviously is going to be fine. Devers, I mean, that's that's a question mark, but not they're not, I don't think they're going to be searching for anyone at third, but that middle infield is is a question mark because where where will Story start? Where will he ultimately end up? Will he stay healthy? And you certainly don't want to rush Meyer. We've seen prospects get rushed so many times, not just with the Red Sox, but through MLB, and they don't live up to the hype or they take a little longer to get acclimated with everything. And you don't want to do that to any of their prospects that they have. So I think second base certainly needs to be addressed. I I don't want them to, I don't want to see internal options because we saw that last year and it just did not work out in their favor. But I, I mean, that's, I don't even know. I, I couldn't sit here and be like, oh, I, I could tell you who I want at second just because it's like, that was like so far down on my list where it's like, oh yeah, they still need to figure out that infield. <laughs> Yeah, right. And I mean, when Story came back, that certainly helped the infield tremendously from a defensive standpoint. Um, obviously, you mentioned it before, defense was one of the biggest issues with this team in 2023, and that absolutely needs to be fixed. But after his surgery, his arm, I thought, looked great. And he really made a difference defensively. It's really too bad he couldn't figure it out at the plate when he came back. But defensively, he was definitely a positive attribute to this team. So it would be interesting to me to see if they decide they want to keep him at shortstop for now or move him to second base and then um, try to bring somebody else in. But I'd rather 
keep him at shortstop for now and sign somebody to play second base than trying to experiment with the shortstop thing again, because I don't want to relive what we did in um, 2023. Poor Kike. Uh, and it's just, oh it was, God. it was such <laughs> an experience and just too many inconsistencies and too many people cycling through and stability is a good word for it. We just can't have that anymore. They need to find somebody and lock somebody in and just, really round out that middle infield um, so that they can feel confident with what they have in 2024. But next I'm going to be asking you about a couple of players who are question marks to return in 2024, but absolutely were great assets to the Boston Red Sox in 2023. As we're talking about prospects though, don't forget to check out Locked on MLB Prospects where you can get great insight into how the prospects are doing. I actually saw today they dropped an episode discussing Red Sox prospects and who's going to fit into the organization long-term, who might be somebody who they could potentially move. So as a Red Sox fan, it could be a great episode and show for you to check out. Locked on is also great and has a variety of different shows on the network. You can check out Locked on Patriots, Locked on Celtics, or Locked on Bruins. If you are a big all-around Boston fan like myself, there's some great hosts on here who can give you insight into what's going on with those teams, especially because they're all in season right now. And the Celtics and Bruins are definitely teams to be excited about if you're a Boston fan, which is a nice change from being a Red Sox fan and a Patriots fan this season. Um, Hopefully there's some optimism with those teams. So check out those shows as well. Don't forget, you can get Locked on Red Sox for free every day on your favorite podcast platform. I am here and you should be too. Continue making it your first listen of every day. And download the SiriusXM app so you can get the Red Sox home broadcast of every game so you don't have to miss a single pitch. And I mean, honestly, we're all adults here. We have real adult responsibilities. Sometimes we don't have time to sit and watch the game start to finish, um, but you can listen to it. And if you're traveling, it's a great resource. I've done it before this past summer, traveling for baseball trips with my fiance, and we would be on the road for a while and the Red Sox helped me pass time. So definitely utilize that to your advantage. Continue to follow the show and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10, where we can continue the discussion there of all things Red Sox. I thoroughly enjoy hearing from you. So check that out as well. But Lauren, there are a couple players who are question marks to return in 2024 for the Boston Red Sox that really made a positive contribution in 2023. One of them is somebody you mentioned earlier in Justin Turner. He was the heart of that clubhouse. He was a great veteran to have around some of these younger players. Um, but his future is uncertain right now. And he did say that at the end of the season, I think he enjoyed playing in Boston. He and his wife really embraced everything that comes with playing in Boston. Do you think realistically that he comes back next year I think there's a path for him to return I just I I don't see it happening and I love Justin Turner I thought he was great for this team and he was that bright spot and you know he's still in Boston he was candlepin bowling the other day in Boston so he hasn't left and I think like you said him and his wife Courtney have really embraced the city and I think that you know the path is it's obviously a, a cheaper you know one-year extension and if they want him to strictly be DH, which he was supposed to last year until, you know, the mess that started happening in the infield. And he was also injured 
He had the heel bruise that was really, really bothering him, but he played through it. So I think there is a path. I just, I don't know. I don't think the Red Sox want to, I don't think he's a priority is what I'm trying to say. I think that, that maybe they'll stay away. And if he's still available when they're kind of ready to fill out the roster, they will, they'll bring him in, but it's kind of, then it becomes a thing. You know, is he an every, your everyday DH? What, like, what if, I don't think this will happen, but people, you know, threw the, the idea out there that Yoshida could be a DH when it's like, you're not going to pay him all this money in his, after his first year in major league baseball, just to DH him in year two. So, but there are, you know, there's a lot of questions and he could, if you want him to be a stopgap, sure. The price has to be right. I don't think he's looking for anything long-term, but realistically, yes, he, he could return. Do I think it happens? Unfortunately, no. Yeah. I mean, I love what Justin Turner did for this team. And obviously the season he had baseball wise was one of his best of his career too. And he was Mr. Clutch is what I always like to call him because he was that guy you wanted at the plate when the Red Sox had runners on and you needed somebody to come through with a big hit to score some runs. A lot of the times Justin Turner was that guy who could drive in those runs for you. And I think he really was just very well respected and loved among the clubhouse and even among the fans. Um, So I'd like to see him come back, but like you said, I think there's other priorities and Yoshida is just a piece of the puzzle to the outfield situation right now, because there are some things they need to figure out there. They have quite a few people who could fill starting spots in that outfield, but the question becomes, who and Adam Duvall was a big piece of that outfield when he was healthy. I mean, he really was um, raking at the plate and was one of their best offensive players. Um, and we also obviously know that he can play defensively pretty well too. Um, do you think that they try to bring him back maybe on a short-term deal again, or do you think that they just move on from him because they already have a crowded enough outfield situation as it is? Yeah, I think that the Adam Duvall Red Sox marriage is going to come to an end. I think that his priority in the offseason will be joining a contender, I think. And he said recently that he doesn't know how much more baseball he has left. He doesn't know how many more years are ahead of him. And you want to spend your final years trying to win a World Series. You want, I mean, you want to spend every year trying to win the World Series. But when you are toward the end of your career and joining the Red Sox, you know, you're, you're hoping – that it's going to have a different outcome than 2023 and it doesn't. So I think that he's going to look for somewhere that's, that's serious about contending that are already, you know, maybe they already are in contention this year and they'll continue to be next year. And you said it, the outfield is very crowded. You have Jaron Duran out there who really turned his season around before he got hurt, really looks like an everyday player. Alex Verdugo is still under control for another year as well. And then I know there's been talk about him, what's going to happen with him, but I feel like Rafaela is going to be your, center fielder of the future. There's also a Brayu and I, he looked really good last year at times and he could be one of the corner outfielders at times too. And then there's Yoshida. So it's still very crowded, even if you don't bring back Duval, but having options is very, is a, is a good thing. Having too many is going to create not a lot of opportunity for players who deserve opportunity. So I think that once his contract officially expires, that he'll go to a contender. Um, and I hope he does. I, I really liked what he did. He was great when he was healthy and he, you know, he started the season off so hot and was such a bright spot before the wrist injury. And, you know, he was a competitor and he brought, he still competed every day 
even when the Red Sox seems like there was no life in them. So he brings a lot of good things to a team, but I think with his age and just wanting to just wanting to start winning playoff games, a world series, I think that it's, I think the Red Sox will have interest, but I think he'll go elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't blame him. I mean, he deserves to be on a team that genuinely can make a world series run and the Red Sox can get there, but whether that's in 2024, they need to hit on everything in order for that to happen. Um, I really like Duvall too. When they signed him, I liked the signing, but didn't think he was going to make as much of an impact as he really did. So he ended up just really having a good season in Boston. It's too bad that he wasn't healthy for the whole season because I would have loved a full healthy season of Duval. But the outfield situation definitely is something they need to figure out. I'm excited about Abreu. I hope that he sticks around because he definitely made his mark um, in that short stint that he did play and was really making things happen offensively. Um, so I really am interested in seeing kind of how much they value that and his talent level. But that's another thing for Breslow to figure out. He's certainly in a tough spot here um, taking on this position. And he's very brave for doing so because it's a tough spot to be in. And there's a lot of pressure on him right now. And fans are putting a lot of pressure on him. So we'll see. Hopefully he can embrace the role and make the right moves to make us excited for 2024. But Lauren, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here with me. It was so nice having that familiar voice and familiar face back on here for the Lockdown Red Sox listeners. And I truly appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great to be back. And hopefully we can connect again and over some good news and over some exciting news and get ready for 2024. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the season will be here before we know it. The offseason always flies by. So we'll see what they do. Hopefully they make the most of it. But as always, just try to keep the faith and get yourself excited for 2024. It's a new chapter. Let's go Red Sox. And I will catch you next time.